The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Well, hello everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk, a strictly podcast version of Talk of the Town, uh, recording this on Thursday, May the 19th. Now, we will have live editions again next week, so we'll have a live edition on Tuesday the 24th and Thursday the 26th, and then we will be strictly recorded again in June and July, and we get back to our uh, day, our uh, twice a week live editions, and you get to see my face and everything on Facebook Live coming up in August. But uh, we enter into the into the summer period, more recorded shows uh, for Talk of the Town. But that doesn't mean we don't have one a lot of programs, or and B that the quality is not there. Oh, uh, we're like any type of fast casual eatery. We're always going to make sure we're giving you the best, whether you come in on a Monday or whether you come in on a busy Saturday. Uh, don't forget to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and iHeart. Have all of these locally made podcasts come right to you. Uh, we're really dipping into Menominee a little bit more without sliding Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls, but we're adding more in Menominee with Coffee at the Cottage. That's been a very popular show that has debuted this month, and uh, our friend Emily sat down with Randy Kanak, the mayor of Menominee, a 30-minute conversation with him. Check out that podcast that has dropped in the last couple of days. Well, speaking of communication, and that's a big thing why uh, we're getting some more interest in Menominee, uh, more businesses, more individuals want to start to chat up what's going on in Menominee because there is a bit of an information desert in Menominee in particular, we think of Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls as having a lack of information out there. But Menominee is even worse as over the years they've lost media sources and really the, the sources in Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls have begun to divest out of Menominee for a number of reasons and not necessarily out of some type of, of evil doing. But speaking of communication... A lot of talk when we had the Eau Claire Area School District running, uh, the elections and people running for the election in April, and of course March being the, the big campaign time of that. A lot of talk about communication. Oh, we want more communication. We want to know more, all of that. And it's not necessarily wrong to throw that out there. I do think it is 
a crutch of an argument for people when they do not like something. No different than when there is an argument between a couple of people and they say, well, we got to communicate more. Yes, but is that truly the issue that you're not communicating? Communication isn't in and of itself the fix. What you communicate about will lead to the fixes. However, it's never a bad thing to have more communication. And Erica Zerp on the Oak Ridge Area School Board came out earlier this week with a plan, uh, somewhat detailed, they're still pulling it together, to, to communicate more with the public and how can they do it. And I don't know, having looked at a little bit of it, it doesn't really entice me. We'll talk about it in a moment here. You know, it involves committees and it involves, well, we got to have a committee to discuss what the communication would be and, and, and all these various layers. In essence, Erica Zur is building more bureaucracy. Not only is she building more bureaucracy, uh, she's adding a lot of hurdles to the communication. It's a, it, it's a well-reasoned plan, I think, but it, it, in essence, it adds more problems. I, some would argue, looking at it, that she's adding in gatekeepers to the communication, that this plan is nothing more than more gatekeepers to what would come out from the school district, what would come out from what the Oak Area School District Board is doing. I just look at it and say it's a lot messier than it needs to be. Arguably, we know less now, and this doesn't just go for the Oak Area School Board. This goes for almost anything. Whether you're involved in a civic organization or your school board or you're in one of the communities that's just outlying uh, Eau Claire, uh, your, your church, all of that. We arguably will know less now what is going on than we did in the days when you'd get newsletters to your house. That you'd get regular newsletters to your house from the civic group you were in or from your church, or from the school. Uh, And you still get some of that, but you don't get it nearly as regularly because it costs money to mail things. It costs money to print things. It doesn't cost money to just put something online. However, when we had those newsletters sent to us, you would tend to read them. Many times passively, many times while you were on the toilet, many times in just you know, walking through the kitchen and you'd see something. And yes, yeah, sometimes it would just go straight in the trash. But there were other times in which you'd, you'd read it. Now, it was also a different era, even 10 years ago, when you would read a lot more what was actually in your hand as opposed to what was on the screen. However, I still think you, you kind of knew more what was going on back then. And we can have a whole sociological debate and discussion, and it can go back to when radio was much more local in the area back in the 90s and the 80s, and you had you know, live DJs up until, even in some cases, overnight, and that would play a big factor if you had storms and, and all these things. But again, we almost knew more in those days in newsletters because we had stuff spoon-fed, and while there is more opportunity to communicate now, Unless you are really passionate about something or really worked up about something, you're usually not going to want to seek out the, 
the school board minutes. Uh, you're not going to want to watch the school board. You're not going to want to uh, read what they've had to say about something unless you're really worked up. But if the information's brought right to you, you might go, hey, what did they talk about? What are they looking at? Uh, and the, I think the leader telegram does a good job of updating people on what is going on. But there is a difference between getting it from the leader telegram, which has to compartmentalize things, not necessarily out of bias, though there's always a natural bias that comes through, that everyone has their own biases. But there's a difference between that and there's a difference between getting it directly to you. So we'll see with this communication plan from Erica Zur what would end up coming from it. I, I like the idea that they want to communicate more. Personally, I don't know why it's so difficult just to be able to put the school board minutes up. There's still there's governments that don't do it. Small, you know, governments, it takes a little bit of work. Namely, you got to put something into a PDF file, then you got to load it onto the website. A lot of these websites are not very user-friendly that governments have that school districts have, they're not very user-friendly. And I'm not saying user-friendly from the standpoint of the public. I'm saying from the standpoint of the people that build them. And there could be any number of reasons for that, uh, but they're not easy websites to, to update on the back side unless you have a little bit more knowledge. I think that makes it difficult. It, it should be very easy for the school board to... Meeting ends at 10 o'clock, and by the next morning, you've got the minutes that are out there. What was discussed? What were the votes? You can almost have somebody on the school board each night. And this, this could also go with the Oak City Council. Yeah, you can have somebody right there. You've got, you've got communication people. You've got plenty of them. you almost got too many of them that they're updating right along. There should be a live Twitter feed of what's going on. So the more I think about it, the Erica Zur plan is pointless. You know, I, I like the effort, but she, she, she's not a business person, Erica. She's not a business person, except if you, you follow Facebook, she's trying to, I think, start a cookie business. Um, put out a very awkward post uh, Wednesday night about chocolate chip cookies or something on, uh, on the Eau Claire Foodies group uh, on Facebook, uh, which, by the way, the Eau Claire Foodies group has become every three months, there's a new restaurant that's able to generate its marketing through the foodies group. For a while, it was Red Coal Barbecue that if you read the foodies group, Red Coal Barbecue is the number one restaurant in town. Then it was Southside Soul. Now it's going to be Valley Burger Company. Uh, never, never a negative post about those places on the foodie group. But regardless, you want to communicate more with the public then you simply communicate more with the public. You don't need to set up a blue-ribbon committee to discuss how to do this. You can tweet out right away, Facebook, right away. You've got communication people. Can you hire somebody very, very inexpensively? Is there a volunteer that wants to do it? That they are, uh, if you have Twitter, for instance, Andrew Dowd with the Leader Telegram will live tweet out city council meetings. Why don't we have somebody with the city council, with the city, live tweeting stuff out, putting stuff up on Facebook? Obviously, making the videos watchable is, I think, 
a must. But why can't you have just somebody running through? Hey, they decided this. They decided this. This is what they decided. This, 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 and this. Why not? Uh, one advice I'd have for the school district, and this would go for any organization out there that wants to increase its communication, more listening sessions. Have more listening sessions. Complainers don't just want more info. The people that are really barking about communication being an issue, they don't just want more information from you. They want an opportunity to talk. Let's be honest. Have more listening sessions. More public comment periods, if you will, but you call them listening sessions. And in the case of the Oak Creek Area School District, go around to the different schools and do it. I, I know they've kind of done it in the past, but make a bigger deal out of it, coupled with more communication. Moving on, uh, downtown Eau Claire has changed an awful lot. Since 2013, you know it, I know it, there was the initial boost in, say, the late aughts, 09, 2010, 2011, a lot of optimism. That optimism from then has turned into reality now with all of the construction, all of the housing that has gone up in downtown Eau Claire. That continues to go up in downtown Eau Claire, and where you have people living, you have money, no, no matter how much or how little you have money. And the Menominee Co-op is soon to break ground at the Block 7 site, uh, signed a deal with the city, that news coming out, that they are going to open a brand new grocery store. Obviously, the Menominee Co-op, they bought uh, local, uh, the, the local foods co-op, uh, they merged together a while back, so now it's the Menominee Co-op. They've already got their location in Menominee. They're going to open a brand new state-of-the-art grocery store in downtown Eau Claire, right across where the livery is, right near where the new Children's Museum is going to be. A lovely development for downtown Eau Claire, one that everybody should be excited about. The current location on the other side of downtown is long since obsolete. This will be much, much different. It will it will be a real grocery store. Anybody that's ever been to the one at Menominee notices it's a, it's a real grocery store. And it's a perfect setup for downtown Eau Claire because you're not really going to get a, a festival or a Hy-Vee. Those types of, 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 of big-time chains don't go into downtown locations for a few reasons, one of them being the physical location. They can't put a, and if they do go downtown, it would be a, a, a much like an express version. This would be all of the weight of the Menominee Co-op going into this building. Now, there has not been a grocery store downtown since 2013. Remember for just a couple of years there was Charlie's Market and that was a failed venture. They opened up, wanted to take advantage of downtown. They were a little ahead of their time. There wasn't as many people living downtown in 2013. So you've got more people down there, more traffic down there, much more demand than you had before. 
plus the co-op is already an established business. I think that's going to be a big kicker. That's not established business in terms of relationships with uh, suppliers, all of that. Again, this is this is good news. If you've ever been downtown, and you've all been downtown at this point, I mean, this will make a big difference when you just you know if you just need a you know a, a, a can of soda, even anybody that's ever lived worked downtown knows, man. It, when you talk about food desert, it really is a food desert because downtown you want to walk. It's one thing where where the Montesano Mansion is in, uh, on the south side of Eau Claire southern part of Eau Claire, is technically two miles from a grocery store. But that doesn't, and we, we're technically in a food desert. But it doesn't feel that way because we would drive anyway. You, you drive where you go where we live. There's sidewalks and whatnot, but you drive to the grocery store. But when you're downtown, you plan to park your car somewhere if you're working or living and walk. And walk to places. And you did not have any type of convenient spot just to go get you know, a couple of foodstuffs. This will be a big difference there. Does eliminate that parking lot. They got to figure something out with, with parking in this. Parking is not an issue downtown, but it's going to become an issue. I still say right now, parking's not bad now. You can find a spot to park now, but the city's got to be thinking something there. We know that other... We know that other uh, Parking garage is going uh, obsolete soon. Uh, news coming down that the former district attorney, Gary King, still has that lawsuit out there uh, from Jessica Bryan. Uh, she is the individual who uh, has accused Gary King of sexual harassment. Uh, that was at the center of the controversy and allegations that led to his resignation as the Oakland County District Attorney last summer. That, in addition to the, the sexual harassment, is really what blew the top off a number of other things. Uh, the sexual harassment is an allegation. It's 100% an allegation. We, we do not know if it actually occurred. However, there's other things that occurred that are definitely much more corroborated that people know as much as a fact as you can without actually seeing it. Uh, for yourself. Uh, he was intoxicated on the job. Judges had to postpone hearings. He failed breathalyzer tests before going into court and in a whole was viewed as just a jackass to staff, employees, to others. Gary King was not a well-liked man. He was a terrible leader. He was a terrible boss. So that leads you to think, you know, something like what Jessica Bryan is accusing, sexual harassment, and she does have co-workers that corroborate her story as well, makes it very plausible. It's not out of, out of nowhere that uh, you could see. Uh, just viewed as a jackass was Gary King. Well, he's got this lawsuit. She filed this lawsuit at the federal level uh, back in January, uh, wants, wants damages and what have you. The, the interesting part of it is here we are in the spring, and it's come out they're having difficulty officially serving him. They can't serve him the papers. He's been able to duck it. One way or another, he's been able to duck being served the papers. Now, he can't just ignore it. Eventually, a judgment could come from default. 
if you know that they're trying to serve you papers, and I've never had this, I've never tried to serve papers, I've never had papers served on me, never want that. But it's, it's like not answering the phone call from a supervisor who you know is calling to let you know the company is, is moving in a different direction, that you're being fired. You see the phone call come through on your phone, you don't answer it. You go, well, if I, do, if, if I, if I, never, if I keep avoiding the supervisor, they can't fire me. You've heard the same thing with, with relationships. Well, if I don't answer her call or I don't answer his call or I avoid them for a while, they can't dump me. And then maybe I can fix this. That's, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Uh, it is odd, by the way. I'm not, again, familiar with the serving of papers thing. We, we've, what was it? Was it Olivia Munn about two, three weeks ago? got served papers on stage while she was promoting something. Uh, you sometimes see v- videos of that where people get served papers in odd ways. Uh, so I'm not entirely f- familiar with it, but how, how, you can, how, how you can duck it, but he's finding a way. And then lastly, as far as finding a way, the Eau Claire County Humane Association looking to raise uh, a final $1 million for their new facility to upgrade the current location built in 1995. Uh, they began fundraising, I believe, just before the pandemic. Uh, and now they're pretty close to finishing off this. I think it's like a $6 million project. They need another $1 million uh, to uh, finish it off. We'll see if they're able to. Uh, the Oakland County Humane Association, the latest in a long line of area organizations that have their hand out. And I do not say that flippantly, because they're all deserving. Uh, you, you can count on one hand the number that maybe aren't deserving. Uh, but uh, everybody wants money. Everyone's got a good story to tell. I'm not here going to tell you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Humane Association doesn't deserve the money. They deserve it just like some other people. We'll see if they're able uh, to get it. Oh, and I have to bring this up. Uh, saw this uh, yesterday on TV. I thought it was beautiful. Regis students, Oka Regis students, visited Sunnyview Schoolhouse. That's the little schoolhouse next to the Chippewa Valley Museum at Carson Park. They went there for a math lesson. Uh, their teacher, Mike Nurbovig, Mike Nerv, Nur, let me see if I'm saying this right, Nurbovig, Mike Nurbovig uh, is the teacher. He's a math teacher, brought his class to that one-room schoolhouse for a little field trip, a trip back in time. So not only did he teach a little math lesson, but they got a history lesson as well just by being there and seeing the sites and seeing what it was like to be in a one-room schoolhouse. Uh, first time Mike Nurbovic has done this, I love the creative thinking. You know, education has been attacked for the last year and a half. Folks, 99% of the teachers out there are very good people that they, they, they mean no harm. They want to help. And a lot of them go the extra mile. Mike Nurbovig is, a, is an example of many that go the extra mile. He's teaching math, but he's also teaching history in that. that that's, that's education done perfectly. That's what you want. Crossover education. That's key. Crossover education. Teaching one subject, but another subject plays a role. That's perfect. Great. I'm sure there's some other people that are out there that they see that story and their immediate thought is, well, you know, uh, 
you just want to complain about things you have no idea about. Remember, I'm in school districts. I'm in school districts. I hear a lot of people talk about all oh, critical race theory and the indoctrinization of kids and all of that. You have no idea what's going on in those classrooms. You really don't. Well, my kid's coming back, and why would my kid lie? Your kid probably isn't lying, but your kid might also not be... How do I put, how I, how do I put this? Your kid's not wrong in some of the things they're probably saying, but they're not giving it to you. You're playing a game of telephone is what it is sometimes. Now, is this to say there are, there are not lessons that get talked about that you maybe did not want? There's a possibility that that possibly comes out there, and I've never, see it, I've never seen it firsthand. I'm sure there's some things, and that's probably where it should come in, where parents get an idea of, hey, what's the next subject coming through? You know, what are you learning about now? Uh, I know when my kids were younger, we, we, we knew a little bit more about what they were learning at school than we do now, even when our daughter's in second grade and our son's in fifth. You knew in kindergarten and first grade, hey, they're going to learn their shapes or they're going to learn their, their, their letters this week or they're going to learn their numbers. You don't get it as much as they get older, and I do think we should be letting parents know more as to what it's going to be, but that's also not an invitation for parents to question everything that gets, that gets talked about. It's a deep conversation that we're not going to have here. I do think parents should have a say in the education of their, of their kid. There are some things that I think should be off limits, some things that should be directed more to the home that kids have to, have to learn at the home. But what I'm saying is this just general blanket attack on education needs to stop because there's an awful lot of great educators doing things like this teacher did at Regis that are going above and beyond. He's a math teacher who took the kids to the schoolhouse. He could have easily have gone. That takes work. He have to, you have to convince people to do it. It takes planning. There's no doubt headaches that come along the way. You're at the end of the school year. He could have just said, oh, it's a nice idea. It's one of those things I can tell people I wanted to do while I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting around at a cocktail party and I'll look like I care, but I didn't actually do it. No, he actually went and did it. If he was a history teacher, it'd be much more in the wheelhouse. He's a math teacher. He went above and beyond. That's why I love about it. Uh, that'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town, back with a live edition on Tuesday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.